And Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs and how it may benefit those who listen. I gave one guy my phone number. I don't even know why I gave him my I, phone number. I don't know why he gave me your phone number. <laughs> I was like, he was like, you, this is my bro. This is my guy. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you didn't even give him a fake number. I was like, good Lord. Because I knew he was going to call me. In that moment, I, I sat there and I said, God, humble me. I failed you tonight as a friend. I failed you as a brother and I failed you as a mentor. Another week in the bags, another week of looking in a mirror past the external beauty into the ugliness for me. Something that I spoke on last week, you know, how it just felt like at times I was I was dreading coming into the podcast episode mm-hmm. because it really was making me reflect and see a lot of ugliness and see a lot of things that you know, I thought were fine, but weren't. And sitting there trying to think about what we were going to talk about this week, God laid it right in our laps. Yeah, he did. Through an unfortunate circumstance, but he definitely laid it right in our laps. And and so just to, to lead off, we're, we're going to probably tell some story today a little bit, but uh, what we're going to eventually get into is being humble and being wholesome. And... um and yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I just, just want to leave it at that, and I want to let Nathan take off from here. There are going to be, as you're saying, there are going to be sections of this that are ugly sounding. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of the podcast, though. I mean, we call it unafraid. Yeah. Because we're unafraid to talk about our failures and our accomplishments, you know. And unfortunately, there seem to be a lot more failures than accomplishments. But that just makes the accomplishments all that more enjoyable. Well, and I also think when you look at that and you think about the failures, having perspective on it and being willing to talk about it means that we are willing to grow from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in this circumstance, especially with you and I being so close, um, you know, that we are able to work through things. We are able to um, reflect on them and say, okay, well, here's some things I need to change about myself. Um, here's where I went wrong and where this is all kind of leading into is just two nights ago, Nathan and I kind of got into it just out of the blue. Yeah, it was kind of out of the blue, but I, there were, I think we should talk about beforehand, like the factors that the individually came into play before all that turned into what it turned into. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, that particular day. Well, not just that day, but for the past week, I've been going back and forth in my head trying to figure out our our church is going through a fast, a 21-day fast. Right. And I've been kind of roadblocked in my head as far as what I felt like that fast should be and and how I should go about it. And I've kind of flip-flopped on it already a couple times. And I Have you looked into the Pursuit 24 content yet? No, I haven't yet. I, I hadn't either. Been um, so slammed. Um, but anyways, I I decided that uh, I would give up alcohol at first for the full twenty one days, um, and then I I did I from 
that Sunday night until Thursday night, I didn't have anything to drink at all. And Jen would have a glass of wine at night. And I just, I would just, no, I don't need that. And I would think about uh, God and I would pray to him, give him praise that, that I was able to just get a glass of water and be satisfied. Um, but then Friday night, I was having a gathering at the house of guys and I knew that there would be beer and drinking going on. And I kind of started playing around in my mind with the whole justifying like, well, maybe what my fast truly is, is that I'm not going to drink by myself. So, you know, even and that even includes when Jen's having a, a nightly glass of wine, you know, like I'm just not going to do the nightly thing. Cause you opened yourself up to social events. I opened myself up to social events. Sure. Um, I mean, that's exactly what I did. And I guess I was kind of wondering, well, okay, am I being easy on myself? Am I, am I just, am I taking this fast seriously? I, I've been, <laughs> I, I've been in my head about this whole fast thing, basically is what it comes down to. And I, so I wasn't feeling 100% great. I wasn't feeling defeated, but I was feeling confused as far as like what my true intentions were and, and if I was going about this the correct way or not. Um, cause a lot, one of the other thoughts that I had was like, if I go the whole night without drinking, they're going to look at me and be like, well, what, you're not drinking tonight. And then I could just humbly be like, no, nah, I don't feel like drinking tonight. But I knew that I'd most likely be like, oh, I'm fasting from drinking. And that's one of the points that Sean made about the whole fasting thing is, is that it's not something to do to brag about or to, uh, you're not, you're not supposed to groan or, or make your face dirty or however he had put it, you know, but you're supposed to, it's supposed to be a private thing between you and God. And, and, and it's supposed to be a way for you to, to go back to thinking about God and, and worshiping God. But I don't, I just to pause right there. I don't think in that moment when Sean was talking about the, the historical relevance of the distorting of the faces <laughs> and the being the braggadocious, yeah. I don't think if somebody asks you, that's something where you're like, you know, you're being prideful or you're distorting your face. It's like, honestly, that's a moment of, of, you know, you are doing it privately to yourself. You weren't sitting there saying, Hey guys, you know, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm fasting from this. I'm look at big dog, Nathan, you know, it, it was more, it would have been more of a thing like, Hey, yeah, no, I'm just taking a break from it for a while, mm. you know? And, and, I think people look at that and they think, okay, that's, that's respectful, you know, that you can do that. You can, you can control yourself that way. Um, so I think personally, I think that's how Sean kind of meant it. Uh, you know, it's like, you're not going around flashing it, but if someone asks you, I don't think there's any problem, you know, saying it. I don't think, I don't think that's not keeping it private between you and God. Yeah. Well, and then we're going, and then, found out that day what type of event that we were going to be working. Mm-hmm. And that kind of struck me weird because I'm still trying to figure out where I stand on, on the whole same sex stance. Right. So it was a girl, girl 
uh, wedding reception that we were we were bartending for. And so I had those conflicting thoughts going through my head going into it, and and I kind of. Because I'm not confident in where I stand on same-sex marriage, I I feel I'm confident with, with what the Bible has to say about it, but I also don't want, I feel like that stance kind of pushes a lot of people away. And makes you unapproachable, and, and gives Christians the bad image that they've that they've got. Well, and I think that comes down to, you know, we're not encouraging it, we're not supporting it as Christians, but at the same time, the ultimate thing that Christ called us to do was to love one another. So, it's that you know, cliche term: love the love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, it's, uh, and you can still love people and still disagree with what they're doing. I mean, we're leading into this and there was sinful actions on that night <laughs> on my part for sure. Um, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it is weird. And, and just to give everybody kind of a heads up, like we don't really know what kind of event we're working until the day of. Right. So at that point, like, even if it does make us uncomfortable, we really can't back out of it. Um, and in the five years I've been doing this, I've worked two of those now. I think this is so, my first one with this company. Yeah. So I've worked two of those in five years now. So it doesn't happen often, but it is a little awkward in the moments that it does. And I just try to, you know, just myself, just try to still be as loving outwardly as possible towards people. I tell them congratulations. You know, it doesn't, I don't need to down their day and their mood in that setting. That's not the appropriate setting to do so. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, just getting there, something just to me internally fell off. Something just didn't feel right about that particular event. And I don't know what it was. It could have just been, could have just been an internal battle that I was having that I was, that I was, uh, it could have been an internal battle I was having that I was seeing as being caused by the event that I was working, but it, it may not have even been the event at all. But then as the event got going, the DJ was just insanely, he was one of the loudest DJs. I came home hoarse. Ashley was like, were you yelling all night? Yes. Yes, I was. He was one of the loudest DJs that I've ever witnessed to the point to where I had to have people repeat what they wanted like four or five times. And like having a conversation was just pretty much impossible for me. And there was a couple different people that, were gravitating towards having a conversation with me and, and I just could not understand what they were saying. Right. I gave one guy my phone number. I don't even know why I gave him my phone number. I don't know why he gave me your phone number. (laughs) I was like, he was like, you, this is my bro. This is my guy. And the next thing I know, I'm like, you didn't even give him a fake number. I was like, good Lord. Because I knew he was going to call me. (laughs) And he goes, he goes, you need, you need to get a promotion. I was just like, how do I get a promotion in this job? It's just bartending. (laughs) But he's like, you need a promotion. You need to be paid more and you need to be treated better because you're awesome and stuff. And I give me your phone number. And I, just like okay and then you, sure enough did you he, tell him he could pay more than the two dollars he put in the I, I 
this guy acted like he was a big I I'm not downplaying. I appreciate no. every dollar that we get, but yeah, sometimes course. it feels like they feel like they're being a bit more generous than yeah. what they actually are. We used to say it when I worked in restaurants, we used to say, you know, verbal this, verbal tips don't pay the bills. <laughs> exactly. And this guy opened up his wall in front of me and he had like 30 ones it looked like, you know, in his wallet and and he just carefully pulled out two of them. <laughs> he was waiting for the dollar dance. <laughs> I guess so. Anyways, so the DJ was loud and then before you knew it, the bridesmaid was up on the stage and she was drunk and she was screaming into and the, the microphone. The, the crazy thing is someone was either getting her drinks or they had drinks somewhere else because she, only came, drinks she on the floor. only came to the bar like a couple times all night long. I gave away so many glasses of ice. Oh, I know. There were drinks on the floor. Yeah, I know. But we didn't see it. So, we didn't see it. You know? And there's not anything we can do about it. But anyway, so she got up there and, and starts just screaming into the microphone. And then as the night progressed, all of a sudden there's karaoke on the stage. Terrible karaoke because everybody's just, just stupid. They're just drunk. And yeah. they're up there just singing way off key at the top of their lungs at this already completely overamped system. So I was needless to say I was miserable the yeah. entire night and I just wanted to be over. Okay. And so then we'll put a little pause right there and then we'll flip back over to my week leading up to it. Really it was more than just a week. It's been a season for me. We discussed this last episode. There's been a lot of stress going on in the house lately. And um Honestly, the the break that the church took for the two weeks yeah. came at the worst time for yeah. for myself and for Ashley, uh, especially for me spiritually. Um, last week, I told Ashley like we ended up going to ch- couch church last week, but I had told her I was like, I've been working every single day, and I was like, I I need to go to church. My soul needs it. Yeah, and something I forget what it was that happened that we ended up not being able to get there on time. But so we sat down on the couch and watched it. And, um, Oh, you said couch church, couch church. I, I thought you said, yeah. I thought you said Kyle's church. Nope. I was just like, which, couch which, church, which Kyle? couch church. Oh, that's right. We had, we had game night the night before. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, we had, that was, that was a really, was fun a really night. good night. We that hadn't done that night. in a while and y'all didn't have the kids and it was just a nice night to get to enjoy each other's company. Kid free minus us, but he was sleeping. Play sequence. Yes. Play, play sequence. <laughs> and so, so anyway, so leading into that, we did couch church, and then, you know, the next week passes, you know, another six days of just grinding work, except we had the, the cold front. Yeah. So miserable. A cold front with no snow. Yeah. The cold front, but I did get to stay home with the wife for a couple of days, so that was really nice. We got to connect a little bit. And it helped some, but then, you know, goes back to the grind and we're like, okay, well now we missed a couple of days of working. We're still trying to do all of our plan and, and get ourselves back on track and start getting to where we're paying these debts off instead of just, you know, catching up every month. And then it ultimately comes over the weekend, like we're talking, we're both out doing our own thing and her level of stress just finally hits a, a peak mm-hmm. and next thing i know she's 
you know how when you just get so anxious or stressed about stuff, you just need to scream? Yeah. That's what happened. And I'm sitting there thinking, she's outside of her car. Somebody's <laughs> somebody's going to come up and be like, oh, is are you okay, lady? You know, what's going on? Well, push come to shove. You know, we ended up talking, to, you know, she turned her phone off. I had to go find where she was, you know, using my, you know, all world tracking skills. It's been a while since <laughs> you've had to do that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so. Was it the rose bushes? No, it wasn't the rose bushes. But anyway, so we went. You know, we stood outside and we were just talking in this cold, windy weather, but, you know, just working through stuff. And that was all on my mind. And there was stress there. And and then leading into that night, I knew you were on edge. Like when you got there, I even asked you, I was like, I was like, I don't know if you remember this. I said, you definitely are not. A greetings and salutations mood today oh you know what though when i walked in like no lie when i walked in i was going to do that you were like, you i was but you were talking to oh. whoever it was that you're talking to and it was a serious conversation yeah and so i was just like well this is not the right moment to do it and then by the time that conversation ended i was trying to figure out where i yeah. need to plug in behind the bar and so yeah that i kind of lost that enthusiasm within that moment but even at that like even if you had done it and, you know, done that whole thing, there was something different in your face and I can see it, you know, yeah. and, and we, we see each other enough that we can pick up on those things. So anyway, the night goes on, we get back to the point where I do, I do want to add one thing to mine. Okay. I'll take a, take a few steps back. The other change to going into this bartending shift is that I have been working a full-time job the past two weeks, mm-hmm. which I have not done with this bartending thing. Right. This bartending thing has been like when it was good, like six gigs a month. And now that's a bit slower and there are more contracts out. It's been like two or three gigs a month. So I'm used to, when I go in, like it's a relief, like I'm out of the house and I'm getting to go do something and I'm just happy to be there. And usually the wedding's fun and stuff like that. Even if it is a little loud, but not this loud. And this time I was just kind of like, man, I've worked the full two weeks and I've already, you know, I've been earning an income. Like, what am I going in for? Like, what, what, what's the point of this now? And it's just like, do I still really enjoy doing this or am I doing this for the money? If I'm doing this for the money, do I need to be? Yeah. Is, you know, so I was kind of like trying to figure out my bearings and if my heart was right still. And I think that, I, I I know that I've kind of decided that no, I still enjoy working the weddings. You know, I just, I have always gone into them and always gone into them, whether I've, I'm kind of like low key kind of bummed or depressed or whatever, but I usually leave, especially when I work with you, I usually leave like pretty uplifted, uplifted and, and happy and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I had a good time and made a little bit of money, you know, sometimes a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I had all that going there. There's just you know, like Josh said, there, there's been changes in our lives that have been happening and, and mine, mine was, my life was no different. I had a lot of changes going on as well. And there are stressful changes, uh, you know, life adjustments and it all leads to fruition and a culmination of one moment in the night, which set the course of our night in a 
bad direction mm-hmm. in a direction of uh disdain i would say uh definitely uncomfortable and um really shouldn't have been yeah <laughs> you know in in the moment so it was the bride comes up and a, a few other people come up to the bar and the bride's sitting there in front of me and i, I again i cannot emphasize this enough it was so loud in so that loud. place and so i'm making the bride's drinks what i think she wanted and nathan's got a customer in front of him and then i'm like okay so i'm making these drinks well and then next thing i know Nathan's setting a drink down in front of me. And I don't know if it, it was a culmination of things at that point. But in that moment, I was just like, why, why did you make my drink? And I kind of waited for the, the line to die down a second. And then, uh, and then the customer that was in front of you was still standing there. And you're like, she wants this drink and I don't know how to make it. And I just, in my head, I was just like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> and so she comes over to me and I make this drink. And then afterwards I'm like, why were you helping? Like I, I literally like started berating Nathan for sitting there and making a drink for the customer that was in front of me and not the one in front of him. And ultimately in that moment, I allowed multiple stressors to just come to fruition in a moment that really was not significant. And afterwards I realized it relatively quickly and I apologize. Nathan is not like me though. And he needs time to process and he didn't want to hear my apology (laughs) at the time. He heard it, but he wouldn't respond. He wouldn't talk back with me. And it was just one of those things. And then through the apology, then made it worse because I, I eventually basically forced him. I didn't force him to talk, but I, I pressed him to talk to me and he finally responded that I hurt his feelings. And instead of just sitting there for a moment and saying, okay, I hurt his feelings. You know, where do we go from here? I said, well, I was so frustrated and Nathan goes, well, I'm not trying to frustrate you. And I said, well, all of these things that I just feel are, are being neglected. I'm having to do them all. We're not going to list them all. There's several things at the bar that have to be done throughout the night. And I felt like, and it, it, it obviously wasn't just this time. It's been previous times that we've worked together too. It's just like, a culmination of all these things came out in the most insignificant moment. And I don't know why it did. And it, it had to just be just all the stress going on in life right now that came to that culmination. But ultimately Nathan was hurt and he was ready to be in tears at the bar that night. Yeah. Let's pause that and go back to my perspective of that whole situation, because it really was a, like a what the crud just happened type situation. You know, I, at first I couldn't tell if he was giving me a hard time, like like joshing me, you know, joking around with me in a somewhat serious tone. And it quickly became evident that, no, he was completely dead serious. And this was the first time since we've worked together 
as a bartender that he ever came across this way, this aggressive. So to go from my perspective of what was going on, uh, multiple times I've worked with Josh, he tends to put everything, every foot for, uh, he tends to really give extra effort and care to the bride and the groom because it's their party. You know, they're, they're there to, to be celebrated. And so they're there to be the most important people in the room. And so I've seen Josh go out of his way in moments while I'm serving a particular person and grab and be like, I've got this or I'll take care of this and stuff because he knows how to put that extra cherry on the top. You know, he knows how to really sometimes literally sometimes figuratively, (laughs) he knows how to really wow that customer. And so I'm kind of like watching this over the years that we've done this together, kind of watching his mannerisms and the way that he does this because he's done this before for, you know, 10 years at Applebee's and he's got great experience doing it. And I've got no experience being a bartender and I still feel like I'm an imposter when I, when I go in there and I'm still struggling to get it all figured out and to, to make it look like I'm confident in what I'm doing, which the customer doesn't care if I have experience or not. They just want me to be confident. And, and if the moment that I, that I look like I'm not confident, they're going to start to be concerned that they're not getting the best service possible. And so in this particular moment, the, what Josh doesn't know is that when he had stepped away to go get the ice, one of the times, um, which I, I was trying to do as well, but I wasn't able to find the moments to get away because I kept having a line and I kept thinking it was the wrong moment for me to get up and go. And by the time that I realized that we had no choice, but to get ice, Josh had already gone to go get the ice. And so that's part of the thing that was frustrating him where I was failing and, and just t- being the aggressor and going and, and taking care of stocking. The, the way I phrased it that night was taking initiative. Like it, it appeared that there was not initiative being taken. Oh, and, the initiative was in my head. It just, right. like I said, I was, I was just, it wasn't being acted out because I was seeing it already acted out. Yeah. And I figured, oh, no big deal. You know, business as usual. He's getting the ice and I'm taking care of customers. Like if everything's going like like normal. Yeah, but when you walk away from the bar, they drop 20s in the drawer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that has been true a couple of times. Um. So anyways, one of the, these times while Josh was going to get the ice, the bride came up and she asked for a margarita. And there were so many different thoughts that were going to my head at this moment because we had two different batches of margarita. And when my, my batch was almost out and Josh's batch was the new batch. And when he made it, I asked him, why don't we just combine the two and mix them together and he said, well, because they're different. One's the gold and one's the silver. And they have different tastes to them. And I said, okay. And so when the bride came up, I thought that I would wow her. Like, I want a margarita. I was just like, oh, which margarita do you want? And she said, huh? I said, well, there are two different types of margarita. You know, I'm trying to razzle-dazzle. Right. I was like, we got the gold over here. We got the silver over here. And she's like, Oh, are they different? I was like, oh, they're slightly different. So I'm going to pause real quick and just say it because, again, I found this out after the fact, after this whole incident happened when I was serving the bride. And part of that incident was, uh, you know, I saw her point at the margarita things. But again, we can't really hear. Right. And so I see her point at the margarita things. And in my head, I'm just like, she's like, I just want a margarita. 
you know, two margaritas. And she just points at the margarita things. I didn't know Nathan had told her we had different margaritas because honestly, I knew in my head they had no idea they had different margaritas. <laughs> right. But here's the other thing that I that I left out. When when I did give her those two margaritas initially, yeah. I said, All right, now I'm curious. Try them right now. Like she had already taken a sip of the yeah. one of the silver. And I gave her the gold and she was getting ready to just turn away and walk away. I said, Oh, give give you know, play with me here for a moment. Like like I, I'm curious. Like, is there a difference in the taste? And so she tastes them both and she goes, yeah, there is. I kind of like them both. And I was like, okay, cool. And so she wandered off. And so I had one of the Margaret uh, pitchers next to me, and Josh had one next to him. And so even though I had a customer directly in front of me, I was like, well, the pitcher's closer to me, so I could just quickly make this drink and hand it to Josh. And this other customer's not going to care. She's happy. She's smiling. She sees what's happening. She recognizes the bride next to her. You know, like this win-win, like yeah. let's, let's razzle dazzle. And that just like Josh was in the dark. He didn't understand everything that was going on and he responded terribly. Well, and honestly, <laughs> the, the terrible response was more so and, and with hindsight, I was able to think about this. It was, it was probably more of the fact of the next instance that happened with the customer that was in front of you. Right. So the customer the passing off of the customer. And that was because I, I think in that moment after it happened, I was really confused. You did it. I, I set the extra cup down, whatever. You could tell I was a little frustrated by it. And then you still weren't serving her. And I was like, I said, I said, why aren't you serving her? And he goes, because she wants a Bahama mama and I don't know how to make it. And in my mind, I was drawing a blank. Like, and and to me, that was where it went because we didn't have the typical ingredients for one. Nathan had worked with me so many times, and mm-hmm. we've made so many Bahama mamas in the past. But we didn't that, have the ingredients that I was like, I was like, dude, how do you not know how to make this? Like in my head, this is literally what was. I'm right, like, you're already. I'm like, amped. how do you not know how to make this drink? You're like, already amped. Yeah, and I'm just like, we've done this so many times, and if we were missing like. And ingredient, it, it, it was you know they're all they're all kind of makeshift. We we makeshift. We didn't, we didn't have rum, right? But we make it with vodka. We've done that plenty of times too. Okay, but regardless of all that, that was that was the thing that that I think put me to that point where I was just like when you were like because to me I was like we've done this for years and you can't remember how to make a Bahama Mama like that was the thing I think that triggered everything. And, I really was drawing a blank though. Yeah. And so again, in that moment, so we're here, we're at that point and I respond the way I respond. And, and even as loud as it was, that customer that was one of the Bahama mama saw what was going down and just sort of started laughing, guffawing, like while I was making her Bahama mama. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, this is wild. This is crazy. Yeah. Don't do this to each other. And then just like laughing and stuff. And I'm just, I'm like, why is this girl laughing? I'm seeing her being yelled at. And so, again, after it all goes down, Nathan, you know, I I go over to Nathan and I was like, dude, just call me an asshole. I literally said those words to him. I was like, just call me an asshole. And he was like, no. And I was like, Ephesians 429. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. 
And I was like, I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah. And then the rest of the night was just kind of like solemn, you know, you stay on your side of the bar. I stay on mine. Well, when he, in that moment, when he apologized, yeah, part of me didn't want to hear it, but another part of me didn't know what to say because I wasn't sure of how it would come out. And I knew that saying anything, even slightly aggressive could tip the scale the wrong way entirely. And I knew that I had a couple of curse words in my head that, that I just wanted to let loose. And I did let loose one. Uh, I, I forget how I, how I phrased it. But he wouldn't I, let it loose when I told him to, because that was under my turn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, think, I think I said something like, you effing hurt my feelings. You did, yeah. And, uh, or I'm, I'm effing sorry that I messed up, Josh. You know, oh, I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I said, I'm, I'm sorry I messed up, Josh. And, and just like, kind of tried to shut down at that point because I didn't want it to be built up any more than it already was. I just wanted to just kind of hopefully just at least go on pause until we were able to have a good talk with each other. But we still had hours left. And pause it did. <laughs> pause it For definitely two did. hours. My we eyes were welling. Sit on the side of our bars. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just kind of not talk the rest of the night. Um, Josh would occasionally try to be funny. We we eventually started talking about work the bar, stuff. work stuff, you know, getting ready to clean up and all that kind of stuff, what we should do, what, where we should put certain things. Um, but that was the extent of it. It wasn't the normal back Banter. and forth. And then when we go to leave, um, you know, I will say at this point, Nathan heeded the words that I said and he started taking the initiative and and being prompt about making sure things were getting done. At that point, I just think he wanted to get out of the building. <laughs> but, I mean, even at the end of the night, like, he, he took initiative and started counting all the cash, which is normally what I do. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, it was one of those things, like, it, it sucked in the moment. It really sucked in the moment. And... After, you know, 10 minutes, I was like, man, I was, I was so in the wrong and I knew it, but with our personalities, you know, I'm the, I I can, I can be quick to repent, man. I can be quick to apologize and I process things. I don't need to sit there and dwell and process on things and, and ruminate in them. And I don't understand that. And me personally, but that's not my personality. And I have a wife and a brother-in-law, both who who do that. And so it just eats me up inside when I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm trying to apologize and I'm trying to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say trying to get forgiveness, but I'm like, man, I'm, I'm trying to reconnect with that person and, and make things right. And I have to step back sometimes and say, this isn't on my timeline and that's hard for me. So at the end of the night when we're at the cars, you know, Nathan goes to his car pretty pretty quickly and he just wanted to be done, but I followed him and I go to his door and I, I just opened my arms and he stepped out begrudgingly, stepped out and he hugged me and I'm like, dude, I was like, I'm sorry. I said, I failed you tonight as a friend. I failed you as a brother and I failed you as a mentor. And I don't think he could tell, but I did have a tear come down when I was saying all that. And I was squeezing him tight and, um, you know, I said those things and 
And he got in the car, and then we, we went our separate ways for the night. No, before I got in the car, I did say something to you. I don't remember right I now. I said... Oh, I yeah, you said, you said uh, we need to talk about this, but right now I don't have the emotional bandwidth. And you need to figure out everything that's really bothering you. Yeah. Well, because I also had hinted at that. So, yeah, drove off, got home, walked into the house. My wife was asleep, and I told her when when she finally woke up after noticing that I was moving around in the house, uh, I told her, you should go to bed. You don't want to be around me right now. And she's just like, why? And I said, I don't really want to talk about it. And she's like, why do I need to go to bed? I was like, because I'm just not in a very great mood right now. And I don't want to take it out on you right now. I plan on just drinking and getting stupid. And then she, uh, she said, please tell me what's going on. And I said, your brother's an asshole. And that's all I'm going to say. And proceeded to go into the night. And I had a few drinks. She didn't go to bed. She stayed up with me, which kind of helped me calm down a little bit. And then I passed out and I woke up the next day and I, I spent the rest of the next day fighting off a hangover and dehydration and feeling absolutely stupid for the way that I handled it on my part. You know, even if I wasn't completely in the wrong, I took that situation where I was wronged and I made my own bed of wrongfulness, if that makes sense. Like I didn't make the correct decisions on my part as far as how I should have handled that. I should have gone to the Lord in prayer. I should have, I should have gone through my rumination as Josh likes to put it and started because I like to, when I get hurt, I do ruminate, but for a little period of time. And then I start to analyze because I get bored of ruminating. So I start to analyze and I start to think of how I played a part in that. And was I, in the wrong and just not seeing it or was there a better way of handling it? And then I finally come to a piece about everything. And then I get to the point to where I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm not hurt anymore. Like I'm ready to move on from this, but yeah, we probably need to talk about this because we're working together again next Saturday. So let's not let this happen again. And so the next morning, you know, Ashley and I get up and we're going to church and, we sitting there and the early praise songs are on and it's kind of like it was last year. Uh, you know, the first time I went to vertical and I just, I just couldn't get into the worship and I was, I, I was like, I, I have to go to God right now. And I sit in my seat and I'm just leaning on my knees, head down and tears just start flowing from my eyes. And I am broken. And I'm like, I'm just thinking about all this ugly that we've been talking about for a couple weeks now and and all this stuff that I've been looking in the mirror on. And and I literally just think to myself, I'm like, well, actually, before I think to myself, I, I was not in a posture that was correct. And God moved me to my knees. I don't know that I've ever been moved to my knees by the Spirit before. 
I've gone. I no, I I disagree with that. I've gone up to the altar and I've kneeled and I've done things like that. But this was stop fighting with yourself. Yeah. You fight with me. You fight with yourself. Right. Just let and it so, go. So no, this wasn't needed. But I literally go to my knees and I just start sobbing. And a- Ashley notices obviously, and she starts rubbing my back. And then I'm sobbing more because I'm thinking about everything that just went on and how she's been feeling and how I've been failing in all these areas, not even looking in that mirror and thinking everything was okay. And I do think in that moment, I I sat there and I said, God, humble me. I said, humble me so that I I can fix these things, that I can treat people the way that they need to be treated and and I literally thought about that verse that I told Nathan from the night before, Ephesians 4.29. And Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs and how it may benefit those who listen. And then in that moment, I start thinking back years. I start ruminating. And I start thinking, I'm like, man, I have friendships that I've lost. I have you know, where people did not have kind things to say about me. Um, and I sit there and I think about it and I'm like, this is what this verse means. This verse means like you should, you should always be sitting there speaking and lifting people up to draw people to Christ. Because if, if you're doing that, you're being set apart from the world. You're not sitting there and you're not, you're not saying I am a part of the world because if you go back in that same chapter in Ephesians, I went back and I said, let me look at some more context here. And it says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. And it may benefit those who listen. And that last part that it may benefit those who listen was just like, am I saying things that benefit those who listen? And in that moment, you know, was, was some of the stuff that I was saying truthful? Absolutely. But it's not necessarily about what you're saying. It's about how you're saying it. And that's where looking at the in your anger, do not sin part. Thomas Jefferson once said, if you're angry, count to 10. If you're really angry, count to 100. And I think... (laughs) I think that's so true. Like we, we, that's exactly what this is saying right here is in your anger, do not sin. You you take that time to say, okay, why is this bothering me? How can I talk about it in a different way? And again, being a, a friend, brother, and mentor, if I wanted to coach you on things, I should have coached you on them instead of sitting there and criticizing you for them. And that's where the difference came. And that's where it really, really hit me heavy and I, God was just like, you were in the wrong. See, and that's always been one of my fears going into a job that I don't know much about 
And again, yes, it's been a couple of years since I've been doing the spar training thing, but it's sporadic. It's it's yeah. very little. You know, it's like 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 I say, a couple times a month for like five to six hours that I'm bartending. And so I I still at times feel like I'm unequipped to be the best bartender that this company can give to its client. Um and I and and I'm and I've got that feeling with my with my full time job right now. Like I'm going through, I'm learning, I'm training, and I was I was kind of beating myself up a little bit in front of my manager about like like man, you've told me this. I know you've told me this a couple times, and it's just not locking into my brain. And I I, I hate the fact that I keep asking you to repeat yourself and to tell me again and stuff and she she did the coaching the way that i've never experienced coaching before uh with a with the manager like she just wasn't hard on me about it wasn't annoyed wasn't frustrated just like okay we're gonna get this like you're you're gonna get this and you need to just allow yourself to learn it and not beat yourself up about this you need to uh, you need to understand that this isn't you're not going to learn this in a week. Realistically, it'll probably take you about three months to get completely comfortable with this position, and you're you're now a week into it. So you really need to cut yourself a break. And I just I don't want to fail her, and I don't want to fail my friend that I got the job through, and I and I'm absolutely really enjoying working for this company I'm working for. I, I, I love how the attitude that everybody seems to have in that atmosphere. And I, and I love the values that the company seems to have and the way that they treat their employees. Um, and I just, and it's, and this, this job is just so full of advancement opportunities that, it's it's a job I like I've said before. It's a job I never would have imagined myself having. I never saw myself in, and now that I'm in it, it's like the whole bartender thing. I feel like an imposter that just lucked into a position he should not have gone into because of the people that he knows. You know, if I didn't know Josh, I wouldn't be bartending special events. You know, if I didn't know my buddy, I wouldn't be working in the healthcare system. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, I've got my foot in the door. I'm, I'm in the freaking building. I need to give my best and do my best. And so when I start failing and falling short, I beat myself up and I don't let it go. And part of that went into that Saturday night. And then when you just came unglued on me um, in a way that you hadn't really quite yet in that in that setting, it just, I was just like, man, I knew it. I knew I've been messing up. I knew I haven't been getting it right. And I, and I've made it a point to ask other bartenders like, Hey, look, I'm new to this. I don't know anything about this really. And and I'm doing my best. So if I fall short or if I just don't pick up on something, please point it out to me. I'd rather you point it out to me and I get it right. than you just not point it out to me and kind of hold on to it and let it stew inside of you and then gossip about it later. You know, like I just, I just want to know 
that I'm doing the job I'm supposed to be doing. And that's, that's with both jobs. That's with anything that I do. I want to know that I'm doing the best job that I can do. And if we're not lifting each other up and if we're not being positive, then all we're going to do is cause we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to bring about anger. Yeah. We're going to bring about uh separation. Yeah. Um, and so that morning, um, like I said, I, I literally sat there in the praise time and, and prayed for humility. I prayed for being humble. And then little did I know while we're in a series about prayer, pastor Sean goes into this verse and the first verse that he talks about says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. In that moment, you know, it's like Nathan and I didn't talk all day Sunday. And, you know, this this morning I knew that I was going to sit down and no matter what I was, I was going to do this podcast today because I didn't know if Nathan was going to join me. I didn't know if he was still hurt. I didn't know if he was, you know, cause sometimes it's been a, when we've had spats in the past, it's been a few days, you know, and, and I, I wasn't going to push this time. I knew that I knew that I was going to let him process. I had already said the apologies I, you know, I, I feel like he knew they were genuine. Um, but I knew at the same time that this was important to talk about. Um, and honestly, I'm glad that Nathan's here and we're talking about it in person, but I I wanted, I knew it was important to talk about because I needed to humble myself and I needed to humble myself in a way that was evident and I couldn't think of a better way to do that than even if it was by myself sitting here for 35, 40 minutes, just saying, Hey, you know, this is where I've screwed up, you know, but, but that doesn't mean that we can't have our land healed, which is what he says in second Chronicles, you know, he's, he will forgive your sin and he will heal your land and then to my surprise, first thing, pretty much first thing this morning, Nathan texts me. Greetings and salutations, brother Joshua. Now, obviously the text didn't say it like that, but we know the imp- implication. And, you know, there was a coming back. There was a reconnection. And we talked and, you know, I said, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to podcast today you know, either way, I was like, but would, would like you to be there if you want to be there. So I say greetings and salutations, brother Joshua. I hope you have a blessed day yep. despite the rain. I love you and look forward to seeing you soon, which is what I wish I had said yesterday. Yeah. There was that certain point in the day where, where I was finally getting hydrated again. My head wasn't bothering me. I was pretty much I was okay with having forgiveness in my heart. I just was not, 
okay with, with how everything played out and, and knew that things need to be talked about. And I just decided to be a little bit prideful still and a little bit woes me still and, and decide not to contact him. I, in the back of my mind, I was like, if he's so sorry, he can call me. He can text me. He can get a hold of me. We can, he can, he can be like, Hey, you want to come over and have dinner or play a game and we can talk, but he's not doing that. So I'm not going to do it either. And, and let me pause again real quick because the, the thing about forgiveness guys and the thing about humility, it, it says it right there in scripture. I'm going to read it again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. And it's like, I, in that moment, I had apologized to you already, very genuinely. And I did exactly that morning what this verse talks about. And once I had felt peace come back on me at the service, I, dude, I I knew that when we came together to talk about this, everything was going to be fine. And there wasn't, and we love each other, dude. It was going to be fine anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, there was there was a different kind of peace that came over me, knowing that after I said that prayer and then Sean preached this sermon, I was like. Yeah, I'm forgiven for this. You know, maybe not by Nathan yet, but by God. And God created Nathan, so I'll be forgiven by Nathan. And so at that point, there was a nice calming peace that came over me. And honestly, the rest of that day, I was just like, I'm just going to give him a space. Like, I wasn't dwelling on it anymore at that point. I was just like, I'm just going to let Nathan have his space. Yeah, I mean, it's and what I told him was that Life is short, and I know his true heart. And I think that's the thing. We, we've been also talking about watching the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about being in the Word. And I think that had we been in the Word, mm-hmm. and had we gone over Ephesians prior to this whole thing going down, that would have been more fresh on our mind, and, and it would have helped prevent this whole situation from playing out. Because you mentioned Ephesians 4.29, and this may end up be needing to be split into a two-part podcast because I'm not done yet. So let me just read to you Ephesians 4 entirely because I think that it's very important. Because I serve the Lord, I am here in prison. I really want you to live as God's own people should live. God has called you to come to Him. He has chosen you to be His own people. Do not think that you are better than other people. Always be kind and patient with each other. Love one another so that you do not quickly become angry with each other. Do your best to let God's Spirit keep you united. You belong together, so live in peace with each other. As God's people, you are like one body. There is one Spirit that gives you life. God has chosen you to be His own people. So you all expect to receive the same great things from God. There is one Lord. There is one true message that he, that we must believe. There's one baptism. So you just need to stop there for a moment because all the, the main thing that's breaking down and saying is just love one another. It says love like three times in the opening verse. And it goes on to, to say, you know, just speak out of love with each other. There's no other 
way of speaking to each other is going to bring about fruitful results. Yeah. And I think, you know, another really, really strong takeaway, you know, we talked about the unwholesome talk. It's our unwholesome talk not only can tear others down, it can cause them to enter moments of sin. It can cause them to sin in their anger. And that's one reason why it's in there. It's, it, we should be building each other up. We should be loving one another and only showing that because ultimately we want we want people to see us as set apart. We want people to see that we follow Christ and we're different. And we don't want to put stumbling blocks in front of our brothers. And I'll say it again right here. I'm sorry if what I did that night caused you to stumble. I'll say I I, I forgive you. Um, thank you for saying that. Um, I'm sorry for the way that I reacted. I'm sorry for bringing that frustration upon you and not being aware of the things I was doing that was causing that frustration. Um, and yeah, let's, let's, let's make Saturday this coming Saturday, a much better, much more enjoyable shift. And let's also remember that after what Ephesians 29 says, that it goes on to say in 31, do not be jealous of other people. Do not be angry or shout at them. Do not quarrel with other people or insult them. Do not do anything or say anything that will hurt other people. Instead, help one another and be kind to each other. Forgive one another. Remember that God has forgiven you because of what Christ has done. So Ephesians 4 closes basically the same way that it opens. Just love. Love each other. Focus on other people and not yourself. Man, I love that. Man, I love that. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, this was a heavy one, but uh, I love you. Love you too. We love you guys. We know you blew up at me because you wanted to have this podcast. Oh, it's true. Yeah. <laughs>